Next on BYU Sports Nation, beating the Dons, it's a San Francisco treat. How's your confidence in this group's ability to avoid a non-St. Zaga loss? The coach Steve Cleveland chimes in on that, and has BYU narrowed the gap between themselves and St. Zaga? Hmm. Plus, it's a ball night for the third-ranked men's volleyball team. Sean Olmstead is in studio. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is up? It is a Friday, and BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday January 5th, I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is starting a Friday P90X class for his New Year's resolution. So I'm joined by the biggest fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson you've ever met, Jason Shepard. The man is taking over the world. I don't know if you've noticed this. He's he in every franchise. Indeed. The Fast and the Furious movies. Now a spinoff. Jumanji. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Uh, Moana. These. He's like taking over Disney now. He's a big deal. He's a big deal. By How the way. How you not like... And I like to call him uh, Dwayne. Yeah, he's Dwayne. Yes. He might run for president. Look, I'm not going to put anything past The Rock. He's capable of doing anything, turning into an eagle. Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? (laughs) Yes. It may be a president. It doesn't matter. (laughs) He's cooking everything. He's everywhere. It doesn't matter. It is a busy busy weekend, not just for BYU, but uh, Cougars in the Pros, Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel Sorensen with the Chiefs, and Taysom Hill with the Saints. Uh, so not to mention all uh, a bunch of games season opener for volleyball, which is of particular interest to myself. And let's get to all of that good juicy news in today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. And it's always good when men's hoops wins, which they did at San Francisco last night in spite of a 4.5 earthquake in the morning, 69-59, to improve to 2-1 and in the West Coast Conference. Yoli Childs. Despite some foul trouble, finished with 13 points in the win, including this dunk. TJ floats it to Yoli Childs, and the alley-oop throwdown, the yo-down by Yoli Childs. One of, like, 3,000 that he will have in his BYU career. I think he had three or four last night. He had one dunk for each offensive foul. The victory is the Cougars' seventh straight road game, by the way. Uh, road win, which is impressive. Gregory Bell talked about that was fifth in the country. Dating back to last season, BYU takes on Pacific tomorrow at 10 Eastern on BYU TV. All the homies are down in Stockton getting ready for that one and BYU radio as well. That's right. Cassie DeVagere reaches a milestone in a 70-66 to win over San Francisco at home. 999 career points right now. And she's been sitting there for a while. We've been watching that stat to see when she can get over that hump and... There it and is. There it is. 1,000 career points for Cassie DeVagere. As we mentioned, the Cougars getting the 70-66 to victory over the Dons. Malia Nawahine scoring a career-high 23 points. The Cougars will face Pacific in the Marriott Center tomorrow at 4 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. 28th Cougar to get 1,000 points, and I think it's appropriate that she swished her 1,000th point. Yep, exactly. Third-ranked men's volleyball opens the season tonight against 13th-ranked Loyola Chicago. At 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. Excited to be back in the Smithfield house for that one. BYU leads the overall series with the Ramblers 
Uh, but Loyola won last year, so BYU lost Jake Langlois and Ben Patch and others, so how will the Cougars respond? Also, check out the brand-new TerraFlex Court. We'll talk to Sean Olmstead, the head coach, coming up to preview the season and the matchup tonight. Yeah, it's not the only BYU team beginning a season. Women's Gymnastic. Women's Gymnastics opens the season tonight. They are on the road at Utah. The meet begins 9 p.m. Eastern on the Pac-12 Network. Most athletic team pound-for-pound pound on campus. Gymnastics. Can't argue with that. They're fantastic. And they play at Utah, so that's always a big deal. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. On the road again. BYU wins a grinder on the road. 69-59 in San Francisco last night. Yep. I wish we had a foghorn. That's what I really wish we had. We when need they the trolley. It. We need the trolley sound. Or that. Yeah, ding, yeah, like, ding, 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 ding. Or the full house theme, whatever. Ooh, There's all kinds everywhere. of Bay Area options. I don't know that yeah, song. Exactly. I don't know it. But you just sang it. Wait a minute. The Cougars led the game for 37 minutes and took back over the game in the final minutes with a 12-1 run. Dave Rose told Gregory Bell after the game that Yoli Childs made it clear that he was up to the challenge coming down the stretch. He just told me straight up, he says, Coach, I'm, you put me back in there. I'm, I'll guard. I'll finish this thing up. And, and he did, boy. He guarded and rebounded and challenged. He did a nice job because he was in early foul trouble, got a foul on his first possession of the game. And BYU, despite a San Francisco run, uh, you know, with about eight minutes left, goes on a nice run down the stretch and wins this game. Some fans seemed on Twitter like they thought this would be the classic BYU road loss to a non-St. Zagat team. But BYU played well when it mattered. And got the win. We know this team is different from every other BYU team. Schematically, pace, defense, all those things. So how does that change your idea about this team in certain situations? Our Twitter question today. What did last night's game do to your BYU hoops expectations against non-St. Zaga teams? Mm. First tweet coming in from at Colonel underscore James 83. I wonder if he actually is a Colonel. When this team plays together as a team, Especially on defense, they are hard to beat. Still a work in progress, but I'm liking the progress, especially the different ways they find to win. That's an interesting point because we've seen throughout the course of this year so far that they're not just winning one specific way. There's not one recipe for success. They've been in different types of games, different styles of games, different tempos. They found different ways to win. And I think especially with a team like this, I think that builds confidence to know that regardless of the situation, we can go back to something and relate to it and that we, where we had success. I think that's a big deal. Last night. Big deal, no deal. Big deal. (laughs) Big deal. Uh, Unsponsored. Uh, I feel like last night was another indicator, but not the indicator of what this team is, which is what you said. More capable of one matching up with St. Mary's. BYU goes to should have won that game Two better able to handle road games like this. And three, better suited for the West Coast Conference Tournament. It's not the high-flying run and gun. You need to be able to shoot well from three to win the game. BYU needs to be able to get to the free throw line. BYU needs to defend. This team is better equipped to handle non-St. Zaga teams than previous teams. We talked about the average of 2.8 losses per year. So BYU has been somewhere in the range of three-ish, right? I think this team loses one to two non-St. Zaga games this year. Because they're better on defense and they value shot selection. Okay, let's look at the scenario that was playing out in this game last night. Okay, it was not one of the dreaded P teams, okay? But Portland Pepperdine, Portland Pepperdine that, that BYU has had stumbles against. But it had the makings of games in the past where BYU would have lost. BYU had a lead. 
the opposition for 37 yes, minutes. They, they had a lead. They had a had a double digit lead. The, they they go through a scoring drought. The other team gets five hot, and a half minutes, especially from three. USF takes the lead. This is a scenario that's played out in years past. Like eight minutes to go. Eight minutes yeah. to go. BYU is down 55-53. That's a scenario that has bitten BYU since joining the WCC. But hang on, my friends. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. What was different than in years past, BYU ended last night's game on a 16-4 run from that point on. Yeah. They were down two, finished on a 16-4 run. All BYU did was the defense cranked up, okay? But we had Elijah Bryant throughout the night was playing well. He continued to in play well. In spite of a hip injury, by yes, the Yes, which looked pretty serious at the time. Luckily, he was able to kind of shake that off. But you had Elijah continuing to play well. As we talked about, Yoli, after that conversation with Coach Rose, he shook off a bad start, found a really nice rhythm both offensively and defensively. And let's not forget about Jasheer Hardnett. He played really big. And I have said all along one of the biggest things that I think about this team that's different is I think this team is better equipped to handle the non-St. Zaga teams. I don't expect this team to have the 2.8 losses against the the lower-level teams in the conference. I think that's the biggest difference with this team. Last night was a perfect example of illustrating that. Why do you feel like BYU is better suited? I like this personnel, the way they work. I I like the scheme that they're running. Certainly there is a much more – there's much more of a focus on defense, and we've seen that. I I just think this team – I think this team is better equipped to handle – those moments, like we saw last night, where things weren't going well. Mm-hmm. We've seen in the Utah State game, first half, did not play well at all. Come back to 0 win. 0 for 10 from 3. UVU, bad start. Come back to win. This team just seems to be able to handle that better. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I think this offense uh, has changed things for BYU. BYU values uh, taking good shots. They're not forcing up shots. BYU made an adjustment, by the way, that I want to point out that's, that's really good coaching, okay? Lots of charging calls, right? And we know that the WCC officials make a commission on offensive fouls, apparently. Ching. Okay, so Yoli Child, yeah, they raked in the dough last night. Yoli Childs had three offensive fouls in this game, okay? Yep. That changed the game for BYU. When Yoli Childs went out, that's when San Francisco started to make a run, okay? Not just in the first half, but in the second half. Then BYU started kicking the ball to the wing where the weak side help defender was coming over and drawing charges. Break it down. And that and McKay Cannon and Elijah Bryant yep. hit threes from the corner. Right. And Dave Rose pointed this out in the postgame show on BYU Radio. You heard that with Greg and Terry and, and Jason. And BYU made that adjustment and ends up winning this game. So nicely done by BYU as they get the win. Our Twitter question, what did last night's game do to your BYU Hoops expectations against non-St. Zaga teams? That is, teams that aren't named St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Let's go to Twitter. you got tweets. At Nick Lee 51 not much. They usually beat USF. Ten in a row. Yeah, they're now uh, seven in a row. Yes, exactly. They're now yeah. Francisco. They've lost one the entire time. I'm concerned about Pepperdine and San Diego. I also expect them to win in those gyms if they come out in Royal Road uniforms every time. Love it. That was the third time BYU had done the Royal Roads, and BYU's three and zero this year in those. They're a beautiful. They team. are a uh, 
They are a thing of beauty. Uh, at Melocopter, didn't change my expectations, which are to win. Going to be some tough conference games this season, and last night showed we have the poise and discipline to win a lot. Is BYU more disciplined this year? I think so. I, I think I think that Heath Troyer has uh, made this team more accountable, as I've talked yeah, about. Yeah, and I think it's it's on both sides. It's more disciplined defensively. And there was a stretch where they weren't. Yes, San yes. San Francisco made a run. BYU went scoreless for five and a half minutes, uh, but they dialed it in when they needed to. A, a timeout was called, by yeah. the way, to talk to Yoli Childs about how he was defending, and we heard Dave Rose uh, talk to Yoli about that, and Yoli met the challenge. Don't you think that one of the biggest areas that we've seen that change in terms of discipline is in shot selection? Absolutely. I mean, that, that has been, that's a huge change. How many, how many uh, fast-break three-pointers have we seen all year? T.J. Haas against... Uh, not very many at, at home against somebody recently, and it, th- there's not a ton. And BYU is playing disciplined ball, and I think they're more likely to be more successful with that kind of discipline. Coming up, the third-ranked men's volleyball team begins their season tonight. What are Sean Olmstead's expectation for his team? We'll ask him when he joins us in the studio. Coming up a little later. Look for that. Plus, the coach Steve Cleveland on how to close the gap between BYU and St. Mary's, and does he think this team is better equipped to face non-St. Zaga, especially on the road? We'll chat with him. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Men's Hoops playing at Pacific tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Eastern time. On BYU TV, that's right, a road game on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I will have radio pregame starting at 9 Eastern. Yeah, the truck uh, went there yesterday. The homies are uh, all getting out there. So BYU TV and BYU Radio tomorrow night. Our Twitter question, what did last night's game do to your hashtag BYU Hoops? Expectations against non-St. Zaga teams. A comment from the Gram at USU Coog 11. Now, wait a minute. USU? With the way our defense can lock teams up at the end of games, I don't expect more than one non-St. Zaga loss. The game at San Diego is the only one that concerns me. That is an interesting one because that is February 16th, I believe, 17th, and that'll be a big one for BYU. San Diego is playing really well. They won last night at Portland in overtime. It's a good basketball team. They had to go to OT with Portland. That's an interesting Situation. It it happens on the road. Yes. Sometimes BYU's lost on the road. By the way, speaking of the Graham, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, posted something uh, recently where I mentioned the Graham quite often. 13-year-old daughter said, nobody calls it that. Please stop. And then she put, seriously. Good to know you're listening to 13-year-old girls. <laughs> Steve Cleveland now joins us on the Deseret First Credit <laughs> Union hotline. Steve, how you doing, brother? Doing good. You guys are all over the place this morning. We're, yeah, we're generally uh, pretty pretty scattered, <laughs> if that's what you're talking about. Uh, always good to come off of a win and win on the on the road. BYU wins at San Francisco. What were some of your top takeaways from the Cougars' victory? You know what? Shooting 51% on the road is really good. And uh, when your shot selection is good, I just thought they were really disciplined in terms of what they did offensively in terms of execution. I think the biggest statistic is probably the fact that they shot 15 or made 15 more free throws than USF did, 18 for 25. USF three for eight. We would expect that because USF shoots a lot of threes. But when you defend and get to the free throw line on the road, you got a chance to win. And always like to see your best players down the stretch make big baskets. I really, really like the point guard play of Hardnett. I like him on the floor at the end of games. Uh, He's playing with a lot of confidence. 
Coach, we were talking just a few minutes ago that you look at the scenario that was playing out in that game, and, and we've seen BYU get into that scenario a lot in the last couple of years, and those are games that in years past BYU uh, probably lost that game. Do you, do you think that was a game that in years past BYU would have lost, and, and why do you think it was different last night? You know what, I do, I do believe a game like that where it was, you know, obviously six, seven minutes to go, the game's tied, it's going back and forth, San Francisco's made a run, and in the past, uh, the last couple of years, sometimes getting a meaningful stop would be uh, the Achilles heel or maybe a shot selection issue and or just inconsistent point guard play, not really having a point guard. And, and so all three of those things uh, I think were taken care of. That's the reason they won. But I think that if you look in the past in games like that, that those are the three things that come to my mind as why they would lose that game or how they could lose that game. There was a big three. I think now it's uh, devolved to a big two of sorts as Yoli Childs and Elijah Bryan have asserted themselves as the clear top two on this team. Does BYU need a third person consistently there? And T.J. Haas seems like the biggest candidate, but maybe Josh Shear Hardnett slips into that, uh, that number three spot possibly. What do you think? I think in, in terms of winning games so far, it's probably been Hartnett, but absolutely they need T.J., and I think he's what gets them to the next level. He'll get out of his shooting slump, but, you know, who, who would have thought that uh, he, he would be shooting around 30% uh, from the field goal percentage and, and 33% from three-point during league play? That's just not his nature, and I think there's some adjustments. I think, obviously, the game is not being played with the pace. There's not a volume of shots, and you have to kind of learn to play. But I, I think at the end of the day, if BYU is going to achieve their goals, it's going to be because TJ steps up and makes big baskets and big moments. Coach, I want to ask you about T.J. Haas and Zach Selyus because these are guys that thrived in the kind of uh, run and gun that Terry Nashif and, and Dave Rose had going uh, you know, the last couple of years. Zach, an excellent catch-and-shoot guy. How do you see their roles in this offense, and do you see them evolving between now and the end of the year to where they're, they're more like what we've seen from them in the past? I think in terms of Zach, I, I don't know that that can be fixed during the season. I think Zach needs to spend the offseason where he can create his own shot. Right now he's a pretty one-dimensional player. He plays hard, and he's a great team guy, and he's unselfish. He shares the ball. He's trying to execute defensively. He can be a liability at times depending on matchups. So his attitude's right where it needs to be. But for him to get to the next level, he's going to have to learn how to create his own shot off the dribble, one or two dribbles, pull-ups, those kinds of things. Uh, I, I think with T.J., uh, he, 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 has, he has the ability to do this. And I think there will be circumstances and situations. There will be a lot of games that are over uh, by halftime uh, as they play at home. Even some of these games on the, on the road, the bottom four, LMU, Pepperdine, Santa Clara, UOP, these are all teams that are really, really down. There's going to be some opportunities for TJ to be left on the floor by himself with the bench guys where he can get his, his confidence back. And I can see the coaching staff using that time to help him that way. Of the two teams, BYU obviously has only faced St. Mary's between St. Mary's and Gonzaga. But even though BYU lost that game last Saturday to the Gales, how much do you think BYU has closed the gap between themselves and St. Mary's and Gonzaga? Well, they have closed the gap. You know, there's no question. Now, hey, you know, they split with you know, Gonzaga the last three years, so it hasn't been a problem for them winning on their, on their court. But in terms of overall play, in terms of them not getting beat by teams that we all think that they should beat, uh, I think they've come light years. And, and, and certainly that game at home against St. Mary's, they had every single opportunity to win that game. And unfortunately it didn't go their way. But I think they've made a they, – they've really closed the gap. 
And uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Gonzaga-BYU game, because BYU, so you start looking at BYU and their tempo and their pace, and, but at the end of the game last year at Gonzaga, it was an offensive possession, one possession at a time. Eric Mika and others making big shots. So it's not like they haven't played that way to beat Gonzaga, but certainly BYU has closed the gap. Steve Cleveland is on BYU Sports Nation as we talk about the Cougars' win over San Francisco and the Cougars in league play. Now BYU's on to Pacific, one of the dreaded uh, P teams in the league that sometimes BYU struggled with. How better equipped is this team, in your opinion, to handle Pacific on the road than maybe previous years? Well, definitely much more prepared. And, uh, you know, this is, this is a, a UOP team that lost their best player, Ray Bowles, who, who transferred to Fresno State. They really, really miss him. Anthony Towns is still there. Nandi Okonkwo is still there. Uh, Jahil Tripp is a sophomore that stepped up. But they, they don't have the ability to score a lot of points. Now, at home, they're going to be better. It's going to always be tougher on the road to win a game like this. I see BYU winning this game, uh, and I just don't believe that UOP has the pieces and the talent to be competitive in this league in the top half of this league right now. And uh, that's just kind of where it is. They're, they're down as a Santa Clara, Pepperdine, and LMU. What does it tell you, and granted, this covers two seasons, but BYU right now has won seven true road games in a row dating back to last year. What does that tell you about this team? Well, it, it, two or three things. One, that they are a confident group. They're confident in what they are doing. There, there's not any question. You come to the timeouts, you look at this team at timeouts, they're focused, they understand, they believe that they're playing the way that they have to to win games at the end. Guys want the ball. Guys want to get stops. So certainly the, the biggest difference is that there is a system in place that has really helped them. To win on the road, we know you have to defend. You know you have to get to the free throw line. You know you have to take good shots. You know you have to get one, two, or three, as, as the coaching staff calls it, kills. You get, when you can get two or three stops in a row, that's how you win on the road to quiet a crowd down. So they're doing all those things. They're phone on the road. They're seven and one away from Marriott Center. So it, 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 obviously they believe in what they're doing, and, and no better way to learn it. I mean, it's one thing to learn it at home in front of twenty thousand fans when everything's going your way, but when seven out of eight times you've been away from your building and you've won some close games on the road, then then that's how you get young men to believe in what you're doing. Steve, yesterday we discussed uh, a question that I don't know that there's a right answer to, but we thought it was an interesting conversation. What affects BYU's season more at this point? St. Zaga games, that is St. Mary's and Gonzaga, or the other games? Well, I I would say this. I don't know if there is a a clear answer to this other than I think this team is more prepared to play the teams that are at the bottom half of the league in terms of talent and experience and maybe just growing at this time and, and building programs. I think they're much more prepared to win those games. I still believe that if your goal is to win a championship and your goal is to get to the NC2A tournament, then St. Mary's and Gonzaga are the most important games on your schedule. Uh, this is a league, as I think Coach Rose mentioned uh, a week or so ago, you know, where he had won conference championships at, with 10-6 and six records. That's not going to happen in this league. You've got to win 15, 16 games to win this conference. So I think that those other games will take care of themselves. But for BYU to win the league or get to the NCAA tournament, you know, they, they need to win two or three out of those games in regular season. So I think those, if, if you're trying to achieve your goals, 
those games become the most important. Not taking anything away from losing to a team that you shouldn't, but at the end of the day, you've got to beat those people. And they, they lost an opportunity at home, and so that means they're going to have to get one on the road somewhere. Ultimately, I think right now, this, this league is not a two-bid league. Every, all the prognosticators, they're all saying, hey, it's probably a two-bid league. And probably most everybody from the outside looking in said, well, it's probably Gonzaga and St. Mary's again. But BYU still has, has a really a great opportunity, other than just winning that tournament, to put themselves in that conversation as well. And I think everybody knows in the league now. They're watching film. They know BYU is playing differently. And it's a whole, it's a whole different element that, that they're, the way they're approaching the game. If there's a team coach that everybody in the league is probably really concerned with, it may be San Diego. The Toreros, nice start, playing really well, coming off a win last night on the road at Portland in overtime. Um, how concerning how it is what they're doing to, say, you know, to BYU, to Gonzaga, and to St. Mary's? How much of a threat are they in this conference, do you think? Well, I, I don't think they're. I don't think they'll be in the top three. I do believe they're capable of beating any of the top teams, uh, especially at home. They, they've done that to BYU in the past. But this team is better offensively, and again, they're kind of growing up. A lot of these players that have been in the program now have been in the program two or three years, and and so yes, USD is a threat, and that's going to be a tough win at USD. And BYU knows what it feels like to lose there. You know, when when they felt like they had the better team. So USD has brought a different element. I, you know, I think San Francisco still is a team that uh, on a, any given night, they had an opportunity last night. I mean, you talk six or seven minutes ago, it's tied. And uh, BYU stepped up and, and, and basically won that game on making big plays and getting stops. But that tells you they're certainly capable. So both USF and USD are, are dangerous teams when they play at home. And that'll be a really, really difficult game for BYU when they go down there. Steve, we appreciate the time. We look forward to the game at Pacific, and uh, always love your inside. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. That's Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. A note about Pacific, by the way, most free throw attempts in the league, 359. They'll throw it up, they'll O-board it, they'll get to the line. That's the game plan. So if BYU can rebound the basketball, they'll be just fine. Also, University of the Pacific. The Pacific. Yes. Meaning the entire ocean. Yes. That's pretty ambitious. Kind of like BYU Student News. And you know what? The universe. (laughs) Wow. I still still call them University of Pacific. Sorry. ULP. The the fighting Damon Stoudemire. Yes. 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 Our Twitter question. What did last night's game do to your BYU hoops expectations against non-St. Zaga teams? At Newman, BYU. Hello, Newman. None. (laughs) There's the WCC, and then there's St. Zaga. Our goal is the latter. Hmm. Uh, at Twiggy or Stone, BYU has the ability to lock down defensively, which will keep them in games. Would like to see some improvement in being consistent shooters. That's the thing. If you're having a bad shooting night, and you still have Joshir Hardnett and Elijah Bryant and Yola Childs and Luke Worthington mm-hmm. on the court, guys who can defend well, that's good. Yeah, you've got to have one. You can't go. You can't have a dry spell with both. Can't. Not defend and not score. Right. It's, you got to have yeah, one goal. And I would always rather defend than score. I uh, See, I would always rather score. Always. That's, that's really worked for BYU the first six years <laughs> in the league. I don't know. Offense. <laughs> I'm all about the offense. I'm sorry. Entertainment versus championships. I know. Coming up, what's the chance? BYU has a six-game win streak when they head to St. Mary's later this month. That and more percentages coming up. And a new season and a new floor. Always big expectations for BYU men's volleyball. We'll chat with Sean Olmstead coming up next. Welcome back. 
Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV from within the shadows of the Everlasting Hills. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, Jason. Men's Hoops wins at San Francisco, 69-59, 2-1 in the league now. Seven straight true road wins dating back to last season. BYU at Pacific, the University of the Pacific. Or just the University of Pacific. Yep. Tomorrow at 10 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio, pregame at 9 Eastern with this guy. Thank you very much. Cassie DeVagere reaches the 1,000 career points milestone in last night's 70-66 victory over San Francisco at home. The Cougars face Pacific in the Marriott Center tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Third-ranked men's volleyball opens the season against 13th-ranked Loyola Chicago tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Head coach Sean Olmstead will join us in like 28 seconds. And women's gymnastics opens the season tonight at Utah. The meet, which you can see on the Pac-12 Network, begins at 9 Eastern. There's no man who loves Neon more than our next guest. His name's Sean Olmstead. He's the head coach of the men's volleyball team who's coming off of back-to-back national championship game appearances and uh, MPSF titles, by the way. Sean, welcome back to Studio B, man. Hey, thank you guys always, always for having me. I love it. It is early January, and that means men's volleyball time. I can't Here. tell you how excited I am to be back in the Smithfield house, and uh, your team looks ready to go. I'm just excited all the text messages I get from you now going forward for the next <laughs> four months. That's what I'm excited about. You know, that's where I, Even if they repeat for you, but not for me. They, they did. You sent me two, yeah. two last night. I said, yeah, I got your first one. I get it. You know, hey, hey, I was we're like, good. what is he talking yeah, they about? They were comparing text messages in the break. No, I only sent it once. Well, I got two. I got two. Yeah. Must be my, my, my home network. I got to get that fixed. Something's going on. Yeah, I have Sprint, so who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I went to practice yesterday and watched your team. Uh, this is a group who returned some real experience. But th- this is a uh, young-looking group, too, on, yeah. on kind of this, the second wave. Tell us a little bit about the 2018 edition. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're excited. I think uh, you saw the energy and the vibe with the group. Uh, as a coaching staff, we're really uh, enjoying working with these guys, uh, every one of them. It's a really, really just a great group of guys. You say that every year, but it, we're having a blast. And uh, it's going to be kind of a mix of both. And I was talking with Ben outside a little before we came in. And we've got some good veteran, you know, some guys that have been through the ringer the last few years with us. They're back on the court. Uh, they're going to play a great kind of leadership role for our guys. And I think they're going to help out those young guys because uh, we're going to rely on, on a, a few young guys to, to come in there and compete and get after it and help us in any way they can. From an emotion standpoint, is there something different about getting ready for match number one? Yeah, I mean, there's, a, you know, it's always kind of the unknowns. And I've, I've told people every year, you try to gauge, okay, how do I feel going into this season? You know, there's been seasons when I, you know, where I was just freaked out. You can't eat anything, can't do anything, and then things just go great. And boom, okay, you know, kind of takes care of itself that way. Other times maybe you feel a little more comfortable, and then you get out there and go, oh, my gosh, you know, what did – what did we forget to cover? What did we forget to kind of go over to help these guys prepare these guys? So every year it's really hard to gauge until you just get out there. The, the, the first serve, you know, uh, goes and, and we start competing. So then you start to see the team develop little by little. Uh, you kind of see that, that, that take place. There's a tournament going on uh, today and tomorrow at the Smithfield House. It's uh, Lewis and UC Irvine, which is a great matchup. Uh, before BYU and Loyola, Chicago tonight, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. You had a fun uh, visitor yesterday at practice. Karch Karai was there, who's the Michael Jordan of men's yeah. volleyball in the United States. I mean, abs- yeah, of course, it's it's Karch Karai. I mean, it's uh, I tried to explain that to, to my wife last night. It's, it's I don't know, it's Lionel Messi. It's uh, whoever you want to, whatever sports figure, absolutely, gold medalist over and over. 
uh, you know, showed that he could win indoor. You can go on the beach and, and, and take your lunch as well, you know, and wins a gold medal there when, when that was uh, brought to the Olympic Games. So he's an outstanding competitor, great person, doing a great job with the women's national team. Pretty fun. To, you know, the guys, I think, enjoyed having him there. And a guy who your dad has a connection with and then you have a connection with. Yeah, my dad coached him, uh, Santa Barbara High Dons, 1978 state champions. And uh, so I've got a picture in my office, a couple different ones that uh, he's running around the court at the, the gym in Santa Barbara. And I'm in little overalls. I was three months old, you know. And so, uh, yeah, I've been fortunate <laughs> to have that connection with him for many, many years. And he's got a really, a really good relationship with my dad. Yeah. You guys, preseason number three. When you look at expectations, I guess how do you view expectations or or do you view them as expectations? No, I mean, you look at the preseason, someone we were talking about this just the other day, and there's, you know, a lot of uh, people try to, okay, who who has what coming back, what what key parts, you know, players, experience, who's done what, and it goes off a lot of your, you know, past accomplishments. So it's a credit to all the guys that have come through this program that have really, you know, built a, a, a level of consistency and then, um, you know, trying to predict who, who's going to have an impact, you know, who's going to develop in, in reality. Nobody knows, you know, the other coaches don't know the development in, in your gym, unless you're opening the doors and telling the world, but it, it's kind of a lot of that. And we just want to get, you know, we're trying to just get better little by little. Here we go. We start, you know, and, and we're going to go out there. We're going to learn a, a bunch about ourselves tonight and then keep doing all we can to uh, get better for, for tomorrow night. But uh, beyond tonight, you know, we've got to just take this moment and this opportunity to compete, learn about ourselves a little, and, uh, you know, figure out what we can do to help this group of guys. What do you think – you talk about still trying to figure out and what, and what, you, what you will learn about this. What do you think you know about this team even before the first match? Uh, I know that uh, this team's got a lot of fight and a lot and a good heart. I like I like where their where their energy, their commitment to every day. Um, I, I really like that right now. So they've they've been able to do that. Take each practice as kind of a new opportunity. Forget what happened yesterday, uh, the day before. Get into the the gym in that moment and that opportunity, and uh, really have a good practice. Whatever we're doing, and so I think we know that they're going to get in. They're going to compete really, really hard, and uh, you know, there's going to be learning. There, that always takes place, you know, some ups and downs. And so try, we're trying to look for, you know, if we can be consistently, you know, we don't want to be up and down Wasatch Front down to the, you know, the Utah Lake, you know, up and down. We want to no stay one wants right. to be in the Utah Lake. Yeah, we want to stay right at the, you know, the Y on the mountain, you know, just kind of be steady and consistent, you know, and we talk to those guys about that a lot. John Olmstead is on BYU Sports Nation, the men's volleyball <clears throat> team who – uh, opens the season tonight. Four seniors, all of which uh, look to play a big role. Leo Durkin, Price German, Brendan Sander, Eric Sykes. You lose uh, Ben Patch, who goes pro. Tim Dobbert goes pro as well, graduates early. Uh, you, you lose Jake Langlois as well, who's playing professionally. So there's some, there some people to replace here, but one of the, the exciting young guns, uh, tell us a little bit about the six foot seven Puerto Rican freshman, Gabby Garcia Fernandez. This guy's He's got an arm, man. Yeah, I mean, you can tell us. You know, you were there yesterday. <laughs> um, I thought uh, you probably saw a lot. We're really excited about him. I really like uh, the experience that he brings. You know, in, in Puerto Rico, he's had a handful of opportunities to compete 
in different places in the world, you know, on, 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 on the biggest stages, you know, the world championships, et cetera. And so he's, he's comfortable with that. He enjoys that. That's what he wants. And coming to BYU, you know, that's, that's the opportunity I want to have and be able to kind of showcase and, and compete. And, uh, you know, so we're really excited about him. He's going to, again, he's going to go through some ups and downs. We've talked, he and I were uh, talking late last night after practice and just to be able to kind of, you know, be steady, you know, there's going to be those ups and downs and, you know, make sure you're steady through it and just understand that, hey, on to the next play, on to the next serve, whatever happened before, don't worry too much about it and let's go get the next one. For those that are watching the match or those that are in attendance, they, they may notice uh, something different about the floor. Yeah. So, okay, <laughs> the TerraFlex floor. Yes. Explain what it is and more importantly, will it help a middle-aged guy with no vertical ability look like he knows what he's doing out there? Uh, Asking for a friend. No, I may You're not help talking you. about Chun, right? Oh, yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. You know, I didn't have to worry about my vertical too much when I got here. But it may help you as you leave the gym. You know, mm. the ice bags may be, mm. you know, maybe not two or four or five, maybe one on one knee. Because mm. man, that knee got a little banged up. But it's uh, it's it's the best volleyball floor you can have. It's uh, at every Olympic national team event. I was talking with Karch. Every event they play in, he said, is on TerraFlex. It's on that surface. And uh, there's only a few country, uh, programs in the country that have it. We're uh, so, so lucky to have it. We're excited. The guys like it. I mean, just the look. You know, look at that picture right there. It's beautiful. And, uh, and so it's, uh, it's, a little, um, it's a little more forgiving. I think I think the spring, you know, of course, is under there. the The floor is still the Smithfield House floor is still the same. It's uniquely springy, too, right? Yeah, 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 yes. And so the floor is still the same. They didn't take out anything below it. They just kind of laid that. It's a double sided tape, and uh, it's there for a long, long time. We're excited about it. The women's program's excited about it. This is something we've talked back when Chris, uh, you know, when I was coaching the women's team, Chris was with the men's. We we brought this up. We wanted that floor. We wanted that look, and uh, so we're excited to have it for sure. What does uh, Loyola Chicago do that has your attention? Because uh, they bring in uh, Jeff Jendrick and company, a guy that played on the World League team uh, yeah. uh, during the summer. Yeah, he had a great summer, you know. And uh, so they bring, they bring a handful of, uh, of guys from last year's team. And we, we know, you know, it's a team that beat us on our Chicago road trip last year where we played these, uh, both these opponents, Lewis and Loyola. And so, you know, Jendrick's there in the middle. He's going he's gonna to kind of do his thing, and we were trying to talk with the guys about that. Don't get too caught up in that. He's, he's going to go, and he's a great volleyball player. He's, he's going to make plays. He's going to kill balls. He's going to make touches. And so, uh, but it, they've got a good group, and so we're excited for our guys to just kind of line up against them and go from there. Uh, Brendan Sanders back at outside. Uh, the other outside spot, who are the most likely candidates to replace Jake Lingley? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's, we've got Andrew Lincoln there. We've got Storm. And, uh, you know, we like those guys. They've been going in the mix. We've got another kid that's uh, – he's not going to be available for the first couple weeks. Uh, Cy, he's done a really good job in our gym. And uh, we'll get him ready and available in the, in the next uh, – probably in, in about three weeks from now. And so I, I like that we, can, we have a few different guys. Um, again, it's not the experience we've had in the past where we had some, some constants in, in Jake and, and Kidil, you know, that was a part of the program for four or five years with, with their red shirts. And, and so uh, it'll be I'm, – I'm excited. I'm ecstatic I'm, uh, for these young men. And I'm just – I'm excited to see them get that opportunity and go out there. 
Is there a cooler name than Storm, by the way? No, I mean if you're gonna Storm jump, fa- yeah. yeah, if you're amazing. gonna if you're gonna jump oh, like him and and you know and play volleyball, you can't. That's Storm. It's Storm. Yeah. He's like the Drew Brees, Russell Wilson of volleyball because he's like six foot. Mm-hmm. He's if listed that, as more. If that, he stands next to Price Jarman, and you're like, what is that libero doing on the front <laughs> yeah. row? What's and then he on? jumps like fifty inches. Yeah, like, he is insane. Yeah, he can get off the ground. Yeah, the, the fans are really gonna enjoy watching him play. Yeah. And they've seen, they saw. You know, he had moments last year where mm-hmm. we needed him at times, uh, mostly at the start of the season. But uh, I'm, you know, the fans are gonna like watching him play. He's got a good energy. Great, great kid. Great family. Everything. And whip it from the service line too. Yeah, it'll be fun. Well, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for not only tonight but tomorrow's match against Lewis. Appreciate that. And uh, we appreciate you coming on. Always, anytime. John Olmstead, men's volleyball. They open up the season tonight. They rank third MPSF preseason favorites as well. They play Loyola Chicago nine Eastern tonight on BYU TV. I cannot wait to get back there, man going to be fun tonight. Our Twitter question, what did last night's game do to your BYU Hoops expectations against non-St. Zaga at Warren Parker? Cougs did last night what they didn't do in the last few minutes of the game against St. Mary's, controlled tempo. That's one angle. That's one angle for sure. Coming up from rugby to the NFL, back to rugby. A former Cougar and a couple of teammates were at the USA. More on this in the whip. Plus, what's the chance there's another football hire announced over the weekend? We'll discuss and what's the chance. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. What is up on a Friday? Jeremy and Jason live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. If you missed the show at noon Eastern, no worries. Watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern time. Shout out to my dude Gregory, whose dad lives in Maryland and watches the show every day for lunch. I met him driving in an Uber the other day. He's like, dude, my dad watches the show every day. I'm like, dude, tell your dad hello. So hello, dad of Gregory in Maryland. Never Ubered, by the way. Never never been in an Uber before. You should try Lyft first. I'm just kidding. Is that the one with the mustache? Which is the Does one? it have a mustache? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's gotten... It's gotten yeah. Oh, Lyft has the mustache. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, coming off their win last night at... Excuse me. Versus San Francisco, women's basketball will be back at the Marriott Center tomorrow hosting Pacific. You can catch the game on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 4 Eastern. That's right. What did last night's game do to your BYU Hoops expectations against non-St. Zaga teams? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At our Greenhaw. We are a good team. I think we will continue to progress through the season and get even better. No disrespect to San Francisco, but last night was closer than it should have been. If we can avoid being upset in the early part of the season, we will be in great shape in the latter half, in these latter days of the, West, of the West Coast Conference. <laughs> What's the chance BYU continues to play good, uh, well like this in league play? Maybe that comes up as we play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks... What's the chance? What's the chance? It's presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Let's go to the control room with the producer, Ben Bagley, with number one. Hey, first thing, I'd also like to shout out to Gregory's dad of the land of Maryland. Yeah, the land of Mary, but not St. Mary. What's, yeah, whoa. (laughs) Speaking of saint, what's the chance BYU only has one non-St. Zaga lost come the conference tournament? Uh, I'm going to say that's about 65%. Look, the good chance. Wow. San Diego right now scares me, especially the game in the Slim Jim. In the Slim Jim. That one worries me. San Diego is playing really well. They've been a a matchup problem for BYU especially down there. 
We know BYU lost down there last year. So I'll say 65%. I'm still confident BYU is going to avoid those bad losses, but I'm not necessarily sure I would consider that a bad loss. I'll go 50% because I, I, I think one and a half is a, there's a pretty good chance it, it tilts on one or two. If BYU gets to three plus, I'm really disappointed. I think this team's more capable. Number two. What's the chance T.J. Haas matches his season average from last season at 13 points per game by the end of this season? He's averaging 11 right now. I, I don't think – look, he's too good of a scorer and a shooter to not come out of this on a consistent basis. So I, I think that's actually pretty high. I'm going to say – I'm going to say 82%. I, I, in my opinion, he is the third guy. He's the guy that's set up for it and has the, the best chance to do it. So, I, I like 82%. I go 82.1%. I agree with everything you just said. Price is right. Number three. What's the chance BYU men's hoop only has three losses total come January 25th as they head to St. Mary's? Uh, that would mean that they don't lose again. That's correct. Good, good deduction uh, there, Jason. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say... 100%. Yes, 100%. 100%. I, I don't think BYU loses at Pacific, home to Portland, home to Santa Clara, uh, and then there's another game in there. I, I, I don't think BYU loses No, un, until St. Mary's, and I think that's another epic showdown in Moraga. Number four. Last one. What's the chance BYU football announces its 10th assisted hire this weekend? Interesting, because January 9th, Tuesday, BYU can announce – the 10th hire. Will they announce it before then like Utah did with mm-hmm. Gary Anderson? Uh, I'll go 75%. I think there's a decent shot. I, w- I bet you BYU's ID'd this person already. Yeah, I would think that they have a pretty good idea who it's going to be. Over the weekend, um, yeah, I'll, I'll say there's probably an 80% chance that it's announced. Here's all I care about. The fact that we're talking about football, which means we're closer to the first game of the season. Hit it. Countdown to the Wildcats. You know what's coming. 239. I can't. I'm just not. By myself, it's, 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 too, it's, it's awkward. Yeah. Well, it makes yeah. me look stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I need it's some not participation. The mode. I'm in volleyball mode today. <laughs> it's volleyball game day, man. 239. I do appreciate the effort, though. No, That's you great. don't. As, don't patronize as me. As Bronco said, these guys try hard. <laughs> Our Twitter question, what did last night's game do to your BYU Hoops expectations against non-St. Zagat Don't patronize me. At K. Wilkins, if you get, it gives them confidence in tough road games, especially when Childs and TJ don't play well. Coming up, a Cougar advances to a championship and another hopes to join her. Well then, plus three former BYU rugby players will wear the red, white, and blue. For Team USA, it's all in the whip, baby. This is BYU Sports Night. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to our guests today, Steve Cleveland and Sean Olmstead. If you missed any of today's show, you can download the podcast, as always, on iTunes or Google Play. You know what time it is. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Wins last night at San Francisco, 69-59, to approve the 2-1 in the West Coast Conference. The victory is the Cougars' seventh straight true road win dating back to last year. BYU takes on Pacific tomorrow at 10 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Women's basketball. Cassie DeVachere reaches the 1,000 career points milestone 
in a 70-66 win over San Francisco at home. Congratulations to the DeVagere crew. The Cougars face Pacific in the Marriott Center tomorrow for Eastern Time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Volleyball. Third-ranked men's volleyball begins the season tonight. Hosting yeah! number 13, Loyola Chicago, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. This guy right here, Steve Vale, Lauren McLean on the broadcast. BYU leads the overall series 6-4. to four. The Ramblers winning last year's matchup. Gymnastics. They ramble so hard. <laughs> Brigham Young opens the season tonight at Utah. The meet begins at 9 Eastern on the Pac-12 Network. The Utes are ranked fifth. Cougars overseas. Kalani Purcell recorded four points, six rebounds, and six assists in a Melbourne win today. Also, the Boomers advanced to the WNBL Finals. Also, Jennifer Hampson's team trails 1-0 in their semifinals matchup. They will play to them tomorrow. Excuse me. Rugby. Three former BYU rugby players have been named to the USA Rugby Squad for the 2018 America's Rugby Championship. They include former BYU and NFL running back Paul Laseke, as well as Matt Jensen and Josh Whippy. Competition begins February 3rd against Argentina. Very cool. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Cassie DeVashre, 28th BYU women's basketball player to hit 1,000. I drove by a big lots yesterday. We think that it's been upgraded. Oh, really? The, the cologne, or the perfume. Perfume. Yeah. Yes. We think that it's at... Uh, like a... Like maybe a, Target or JCPenney or something. Oh. We think that's the upgrade. Like maybe a Kohl's? Maybe Kohl's. Yeah. You, you get 1,000 points, you get an upgrade. I, th- I think that's what happens. Congratulations right? to Cassie. It's like a phone or something every year or two. Our Twitter question. What did last night's game do to your BYU Hoops expectations against non-St. Zaga teams? Our elite tweet of the day. <laughs> at Grizzfather. In seasons past, we probably would have folded late and lost that game, so seeing the defensive intensity late to get some stops and pull out the win has my hopes climbing that we can get less than the three losses against the non-St. Zaga teams and really contend for the West Coast Conference Championship. That's what was most impressive about last night, was that it was the defensive end. Yes, BYU scored, as we mentioned, 16-4 to run to close out the game under eight minutes. But defensively, boy, they played really well down the stretch. Amen. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand, BYUSN.com. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Ossie Antonetti, BYU Sports Nation. Back at it Monday at noon Eastern time. We will see you tonight live from the Smith Fieldhouse at 9 Eastern time. Third-ranked men's volleyball on a ball night. Go Cougs!